Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Here we go, Barflies. Welcome to the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's done by Barflies for Barflies and all the other Bears fans out there. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? Good morning. How you doing, Essie? <laughs> Jordan looking bright and happy as always out there at uh, 7 a.m. on West Coast Best. What's, what's going on, Jordan? I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself, man. I don't want to take all your lines from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good at AC. Uh, good morning, good Sunday morning, Bears Giants today. 7.02 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast. Forgive the lack of energy. I'm tired. A man is allowed to be tired, but I'm sure I'll get excited talking about what we're all looking forward to today. Hopefully a Bears win. For sure, for sure. What's going on, C-Dub? What's up, brother? How was your week? I'm good, mate. Yeah, just the usual slip and slide for me through the week, mate. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to today's game and today's show. I mean, I think this is a game what you know what the Bears need to win. You know, this is a team what we should be beating, hopefully. So yeah, I'm great, mate, and it's always great to chat football with you two boys. Absolutely. Um our, our guy KB is on his way. He's setting up his computer right now. Uh, he's at work, so he might have some background noise. We don't know. We might hear a siren go off or something. And our boy Bobby is up there in New York or New Jersey uh, about to watch this game live. I believe this was his Father's Day gift or something like that. His, his family got him mm-hmm. tickets. Uh, so if anybody's up there tailgating, watch for our boy Bobby Bombs. He might uh, have a shot with you or something. I don't know what he uh, – I don't really know what he fancies uh, as far as his picking his poison, <laughs> but uh, definitely watch out for Bobby. Um, so we'll get into last week's game and just touch on it for a for a second. There's not a ton to go over. Um, just like I said on the show last week, I felt like it was the Spider-Man meme. Um, we were pointing at mm. each other. We was the same team, you know, um, but uh, the Bears found a way to pull it out in the end and, it was an incredible finish. Uh, Roquan Smith started to get back on track. Maybe he's getting a little better in shape, or maybe the Texans just weren't that good. We're not sure yet. 
but uh, it's nice to go uh, get a W at home uh, in front of the home crowd. And the run game got on got on track too. I don't, I don't want to take all the talking points again, but uh, that was. <laughs> I mean, it was not. I, I was heartbroken when I saw Montgomery go down, and then Herbert just picked up and continued on. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I almost think Herbert fits this offense better with this his own style offense. Uh, mm. A nice one cut back that can find the hole and go. I, I love Montgomery's leadership, but I almost think Herbert might be replacing Montgomery soon. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree, um, AC. Um, I, th- I think really the uh, the defense sort of saved our ass really in the second half. I mean, I know they haven't let a touchdown at all in the second half this season so far, um, and I was quite happy with the running game, mate. You know, like going back to like you know the mid eighties with Walter Payton and Matt Suey, and I feel like there's a bit of um, snobbishness about the running game. You know, because everybody, you know, the NFL today it's all about passing and spread offenses. But um, you know, as lo- I'm quite happy as running nearly 200 yards a game, and as long as the team wins, and also as well, hopefully it'll start giving uh, Justin Field a uh, chance to do more play action and more rollout passes. So um, I mean, obviously we were all disappointed about how Justin Field play. I mean, he had a shocker, let's be honest. But um, you know, I am quite confident that. He seems to be a guy who doesn't try and make the, the same mistakes twice. So I'm just hoping that, you know, he got that, that performance out of his system. He learned from his mistakes. Uh, and, um, you know, and then, it, then he's, he's going to improve for the game today. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely had higher hopes for Justin last week against a, a porous defense that Houston puts on the field, let's be honest. Uh, I expected them to open it up a little more. But it, it just seemed like he just wasn't on par with he wasn't he didn't have the chemistry with his receivers like he overthrew Komet. Uh he hit and I think it was was it last week's game? He hit Darnell Mooney right in the hands twice and Darnell dropped him. Um and, and that's gotta go into it too, as he's back there trying mm. to break apart the defense. And trust his guys to make the play. It's tough when they're when they're dropping the ball as well. But uh, definitely need better play out of Justin, um, especially. Well, I'll, Jordan, I'll let you touch on Houston before we move a little bit forward with Justin, if you'd like to. Yeah, AC, I think you put it right. I mean, I funny enough, it just seems like it's two back to back games where I think the Spider Man meme applies for this game too. Yeah. Maybe not so much in the roster construction. Well, there's a little bit of that, but more of the actual just team building aspect. We'll certainly talk about that as we talk about the Giants. But uh, for the the Houston game, I totally agree. Spider-Man being the whole way, it's the Tampa 2 defense. It's We've talked about Iberflus being an acolyte of Lovey. I will say I think it's a little interesting, and this is not a shot at UAC. I know you're not saying this, but so many Bears fans were like, one bad week for Monty and a monsoon, and they're like, get him off the team. He sucks. And then he has a killer game in Green Bay, and all of a sudden Montgomery's everybody's favorite player. And then he gets hurt one week later, and Khalil Herbert comes in. Man, we shouldn't even pay David Montgomery. Get him out of here. It is the funniest thing to me. But, yeah, okay, Bears fans are going to be very hyperbolic in that. I think David Montgomery, to me, I've always said, I, I'm not, I don't even think he's a dynamic back. I think he's a good but not great jack-of-all-trades master of none. But I think his selling point to me has always been the leadership aspect. 
I've going back to even the three, four days when Akeem Hicks was here, I always said there are two heartbeats to this team. And this is with Khalil Mack on the team and Eddie Jackson. It's Akeem Hicks is the heartbeat of that defense. When he's not there, their play dramatically drops. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, David Montgomery is the heartbeat of that offense. And thank God he was healthy most of those times and those plays and those years and those games. But typically when he was out there, the offense would completely come to a screeching halt. Now, the good news is you don't have that. Khalil Herbert, I was incredibly high on him, so were, were so many others. Before he came out of the draft, he had a kind of a, a snooze fest in Kansas, was misused by the coaching staff, got to Virginia Tech, was running behind those big dogs there, and Christian Derrissaw at Virginia Tech. Great pickup in, I think it was the sixth round. So looks good there as far as Justin Fields. I I guess I'll close up with one thing there. I am i don't know Justin. We all just kind of speculate. So I want to be very clear about that. But I think it's a very interesting thing, just kind of going back to his rookie year. He seems like he's a guy that confidence is really what drives his games. And I say that because I can't help but think back to the Steelers game. He had had a conversation with Rich Eisen on his show before that game in like a hotel room and was just talking about how confident he felt, came out, had a good game, said the same thing when they were playing Green Bay at home in Chicago, had a decently strong start before he, of course, had the, you know, the snap that should have been a penalty and he throws the interception and things like that. So I think that would be the one thing I've said is that whether it be San Francisco, Green Bay or Houston, and I would even say, I hate to say it, even this game, against the Giants. I don't think I've ever seen Justin Fields come out just feeling like he is confident and full of swagger. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Speaking of confidence and full of swagger, uh, my my man just popped in a little bit late. (laughs) It's my man, KB. What's good, brother? What's up? Oh, boy, the confidence and the swag. I came in at the perfect time, didn't I? (laughs) Oh, a lot of entrance. What's going on, fellas, man? So it's it's a bright and early morning, man. Had Had to get a few things done before I jumped on. You know, we, we got we got them knocked out, man. So, how y'all boys doing this morning, man? Y'all ready for some football? What we doing? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, how you doing, KB, man? Doing all right. Brother doing all right, man. Just like I said, I had to get a few things <laughs> knocked out. Looking good, you understood. You still got What's them sunglasses on? on, brother. Oh, bro, I'm always going to have the glasses on, man. You see my eyes got the bags underneath them, you know what I'm saying? Your boy ain't getting no <laughs> yeah. sleep. You so know what? Gotta, you know gotta, what? That's how you mask yeah. it. <laughs> KB, put them back on. You're scaring me. Put them back on. <laughs> oh, he hurt my feelings. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, so I, KB, you know I love you, yeah. mate. I'm only taking oh, a piss. It's, it's all love, baby. It's all love. You know, you know I love you, mate. <laughs> so before we move on, uh, KB, do you have any uh, overall thoughts of Houston and Chicago? Uh, I said mm. earlier I felt like it was the – Spider-Man meme where they both pointing at each other and it's kind of the same team. Um, But we were able to pull it out there and that was, that was definitely nice. Uh, Do you have any, any thoughts on the game? Uh, Keep it short and sweet, man. Ugly win, man. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. Uh, uh, The running game has been a very surprising. uh, it's, It's been very surprising to me this year. I, I knew that we'd be a decent running team. Uh, you, you see the schemes like in the 49ers in Green Bay where they have the outside zone and all that going on. And the offensive line has been blocking very fucking good on uh, <laughs> on these run plays, man. So 
I'm I'm very excited about seeing that. I'm happy to see it. Uh, just need to translate to us being able to throw the damn ball. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a little discouraging not seeing Fields put up. I'm not even going to say staggering numbers, just decent numbers. Is being an average quarterback right now on this team, right? You you have you have possibilities like today to be a three and one team, and it not be somebody saying, "Oh well, it's a fluke." that they're making it this far. No, it's we're literally average quarterback play away from being a very decent team. Yeah. And that's, that, that's just my true feelings on how I feel about that. Yeah. And, and on top of that, you would think with the running game going the way it's going, you'd be able to, the, the, the play action pass should be there. Oh yeah. And from what I'm hearing from several <clears throat> podcasts and people that break down the tape, these guys are open fields is just almost gunshot. Like, like he doesn't want to throw it, or he doesn't trust what he's seeing, or uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on. But uh, we've already got Bears fans moving on. I mean, my guy here, Ralph Love, said, "What do you guys think about Will Levis as a draft pick for the Bears?" Uh, I'll be honest, as a Kentucky fan, I love me some Will Levis. I've loved him since he came into town, the to Lexington. He's taken this team as far as leadership, and and. And building this team into the 21st century, because before he got here, we had Eddie Grant as our offensive coordinator, and all we did was run the ball. That's all we did. We couldn't get wide receiver recruits or nothing because of it. But uh, we had Liam Cohen as our offensive coordinator. He brought in Will Levis and kind of turned us to a pro-style offense, which is why a lot of people think he's going to do well in the league because he's got history in this type of offense. But I remember Justin Fields in college, too, and – Justin Fields did things that Will Levis only dreams of, like his deep ball placement, and he has the ability to escape and run. I just, I feel like, I feel like I'd rather give Fields more time than to just move on and grab some. As much as I love Will Levis, I, I would much rather stick with Fields and give him more. We see what happens in Miami, and what happens in. Uh, who else blew up this year after they got some weapons around Miami's the big one with Tua. You know, they went and got him some weapons. Man, shout out to Tua. I watched that game on Thursday. Oh, That's man. that was that rough. Was scary to watch. Shit, bro. Uh, and my wife, who we all know is a nurse, mm-hmm. I was like, look at his hands, and she was like, Oh, he might have a traumatic brain injury. And of course, they said it on the God. on the broadcast right after that. Like, that was tough to watch when he couldn't do anything with his hands. But uh yeah. Um, I feel like if we get fields some weapons and we've got the highest cap space next year, I feel like this this offense can succeed. I just don't want to move on from fields this soon. It's, am I alone in this? Are you guys ready to move on? Or no, no. I, I was gonna say, man, I see this. You know, what I'm saying I seen I seen a couple of the media guys saying that they they look at this kind of as his rookie year. You have him not play a lot last year, you know what I'm saying, whether you had Andy Dalton starting or he was hurt. But you had an offensive scheme that did not work, and most of the quarterback here, most of the quarterbacks here knew that. Uh it's it's all starting from the beginning. He he had he had a solid base, you just have to build upon it. And a lot of it right now is he has to see the field and know where to go with the ball. And right now, that's where it seems like he does not have the full grasp of. So we just gotta give him time, man. I agree. You go KB, ahead, Chris. KB, do you think that's 
Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, KB, do you think that's down to the receivers there not getting open? Uh, I mean, it could be a combination of a couple things, man, because some mm-hmm. film I've seen that people showed on the All-22, you have players open. You have the check yeah, down, yeah, yeah. running back, tight end, whoever it is that goes out in the flat, be, be wide open. But you know, Fields is kind of that uh, that that big play or bust guy. I'm gonna hold the ball mm-hmm. and try to try to look for the big play because I know we need to play. When right now it's more beneficial to take these dump offs. It's it's more beneficial mm-hmm. to hit the the flat route and get four or five yards because it keeps the offense on schedule. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, completely right. It was uh, I I seen two breakdowns of the, the same play. You had uh, you know, the, one of the guys that used to be on the on the on the network showing that he he had a guy wide open and he should have he should have hit the tight end on a crosser route. And then you got another guy that breaks down the same thing, and he's just like, I mean, he's afraid to step up in the pocket because Mustafa's getting blown up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it can it's, it's the tale of two tapes, man. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I mean, Jordan, I, I think that. Uh, that that hold on to the ball and look for a home run. Does that go back to him in college? Because Ohio State, they run a lot of deep play, and they've got the studs to do it. You know, they got the horses on the outside. Do you think it goes back to that, and it's something that needs to be coached out of him, or what? I don't think I'd ever try to coach that out of him. I think that's part of what makes the kid the kid that's special and why he's always been so well-received going back to his time competing with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He is – always looking for the big play. And I think that that's important, but there is a certain necessity to keep the, the offensive drive on schedule. And that includes taking your check downs and they're available. I don't think, I think it's way too simplistic to say that it's Justin Fields. That's just all of a sudden failing. And that's why the offense is failing. Well, let's be clear his offensive line hasn't been a stud at pass blocking. I don't think he has a ton of time. And I understand guys are running wide open, but, He's also pinning the ball on guys like Cole Komet's chest and they're being dropped. He's had some screens that he's thrown to Herbert in the past and Herbert drops them. Darnell Mooney, and I understand it's not a uh, an easy catch, but he's kind of put one out there for Darnell Mooney to pull down. And you want to be that wide receiver one for this offense and get that big payday, I need you to kind of pull it down, even though it's maybe not the best ball. So right. it goes on all levels, but I also think as many as much as I understand it's been 13 to 15 starts, I think, to me, my biggest concern is I'm not seeing those flashes anymore, and that's the problem. Uh, at least in the dysfunctional Matt Nagy offense, he'd rip off a 25-yard run against San Francisco, or he would hit the 977 concept against Pittsburgh, the one to deep to Goodwin. There hasn't been that. And if you want to tell me, oh, man, he, he took 14 seconds to drop a ball to, to Pettis in a monsoon across the field, that doesn't really do it for me. And even the EQ touchdown in San Francisco wasn't that great. So I think I need to see a little bit more of that explosive plays because when we talk about the guys that have been exceptional, because, yes, we could talk about Tua and Jalen Hurts, and all of a sudden once they get weapons, they're good. Right. What you really need to be – because here's the thing, and I'll be relatively quick with this. Tua and Jalen Hurts, as good as they look right now, haven't been to the playoffs, haven't won anything. Mm-hmm. The guys that have Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson – few of those guys, even when the system and everything around them wasn't great, they were still delivering solid performances and looked like the best player on the field. Justin Fields has all of the physical capabilities to do that, but I don't think he's at one point looked like the best player on the field at any moment in this season, and that's a problem. 
Yeah. Right. Mm. Hey, Chris, uh, you, we got the Vikings in your back in, in your backyard this morning. Apparently, they're playing out in London, but Aldo says that Lewis seen was taken to the hospital, putting his leg in an air cast. Uh, is that game on right now? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's on uh, our sort of. Uh, our sort of Sky TV, which is like our satellite TV, they uh, have the like their own sort of NFL channel. But yeah, it'll be all right, mate. We have got the NHS in this country, so he'll get his he'll get his leg fixed up for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I just I just thought I'd bring that up since we got our uh, local Englander in the uh, on the show. Um, <laughs> so, do you guys get fired up for uh, the NFL over there, or is it kind of like, uh, well, here's something to do on Sunday? No, 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 not at all. Man. I mean, it's like, um, because obviously we have about, I think we have three games that every game is like treated like a bit like a Super Bowl for us. So mm. when you go there, there'll be fans from all different teams, of all different teams, sorry. So it won't just be the teams that are playing the game. You know, you walk around and there'll be all everybody wearing different jerseys, different teams, or whatever. So it's a really good atmosphere. And I went, um, well, nearly ten years ago uh, when the Jaguars played the 49ers, but it was quite a one-sided game. The 49ers just manhandled them, but it was like a really good experience. Everybody, everybody, you know, were up for it. Everybody were having beers. You know, we got chatting to some guys from San Francisco. It were, it were like a really good laugh. So, no, it's a big thing. I mean, it's mentioned on all the news, and uh, I'm not, you know, so it's yeah, it's 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 a big thing. And uh, they're actually playing another game in uh, in Germany as well this year for the first time. And I think I mentioned it before that American football is actually bigger in Germany than it is over here. So they'll get they'll get like a really good crowd there as well in Munich. So uh, no, it's a big thing, AC. You know, we love a bit of NFL over here. Yeah, that that's cool, man. That's definitely something that I like. Uh, whenever I'm watching a game in London, how you see all the different jerseys, you'll see Bears, yeah. Jags, Packers, everybody. You know, regardless of who's playing on the field, that's always really cool to see for sure. Um, but. Uh, before we run out of time, we should probably get into this game today. I mean, Bears traveling up to the middle Meadowlands, and uh, like we said before, our boy Bobby's up there to cheer on the Bears. Uh, run game. It seems like, again, like you guys said, it's like the Spider-Man meme. We're pointing at each other with the same team. We both have a stud running back, good running game. We're not sure if we trust our quarterback yet or not, and our defense is eh. You know what I'm saying? Uh to me, the biggest thing is Saquon. Saquon looks like rookie Saquon, the guy they took, the guy that they took over a quarterback and just started running wild. Um, now, as long as he's healthy, man, Saquon is – he's come into his own. Uh, Jordan, is there anything that you're seeing on the on the tape or, or something specific that Saquon's doing to get back to his dominant ways? Uh, he's, he's really a dominant running back in this league that can do it all. Yeah, he's uh, well. I mean, a couple of things. He's healthy. That always helps. I, I know that people tend to forget that, but he tore his ACL against the Bears in his second year, and then was banged up in and out last year. And of course, ACLs respond differently for everybody. So who knows how he was actually feeling coming into that third year off the ACL? Uh, so that's the that's the one big factor is he's healthy now, and also has a con- contract to earn. So he's trying to prove himself. But to me, as far as an X's and O's standpoint, it's 
Bobby Johnson being the offensive line coach that – and I brought this up yesterday talking to Chris, but Bobby Johnson came from Buffalo with Brian Dable where they used to be able to run the ball, and now they are literally losing games because they can't run the ball. So that's a valuable offensive line coach. And then in addition to that, I understand Mike Kafka's calling the plays. I'm not telling you Mike Kafka is Sean McVay, but he's certainly more innovative and more creative and more productive in crafting an offense around Barkley and uh, and those receivers and that tight end to Daniel Jones than what Jason Garrett was doing. So to me, it's this is why I said it's a little bit of that Spider-Man meme. The Giants were just as dysfunctional as the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And they are in a very, very similar path. That Spider-Man meme, it's as far as team building and trying to get back on the right track. And so this is an example of how did the Bears offense look with Matt Nagy? You saw the results. Well, that is exactly what the Giants looked like when they had Jason Garrett. All of a sudden, players start becoming more productive when they haven't before. That's a sign of the coaching, the health, you know, the, the continuity and cohesiveness in the scheme. Yeah, for sure. Uh, KB, I know you got to hop out if you want to um, touch on this before you uh, before you go away real quick or you have time. Okay. Uh, Chris, um, I saw this from Aldo here. It says Daniel Jones has been sacked 13 times, his third most in the NFL. Wentz and Burrow both have 15, and Fields has been sacked 10 times. Do you guys think this is a game where – Defensive lines, kind of, it's going to be a game in the in the trenches as as much as it is anywhere else. And obviously, everyone says that it's kind of become cliche to say that the, this game's won and lost in the trenches. But I mean, if these guys are getting sacked this amount of times, is this a game where we see I don't know Robert Quinn come out? I know Evan Neal. I watched him get beat like a drum uh, against the Cowboys last week, but. We don't have a Michael Parsons. Uh, Chris, is there something that you see that possibly we could take advantage on this uh, New York Giants offensive line? Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. I mean, they're not very cohesive. Uh, I mean, I watched the I watched the game uh, when they played against the Cowboys, and they just don't seem to be organised at all when they're doing pass blocking. A bit like like our guys, really. Uh, so I, I think it really could be a game where Robert Quinn could step up. Because um, I think as well that, like any quarterback, if you start putting pressure on him just with the, with the front four, especially at the middle as well, that, then obviously that's going to help us win the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think their offensive line is probably like ours. I think it's in a, in a rebuilding process, um, and I think really that um, we could we could make some money out of you know out of our front four. I mean, Jordan meant. Jordan, I was on Jordan's show yesterday, which was just awesome. And Jordan, you know, Jordan went into detail about their offensive line, and uh, I completely agree with everything he said yesterday. I think really, you know, if we can get some pressure and the boys step up in the front four, then it's going to make a big difference for us in the game. Yeah, well, Jordan, I mean, is there a way you can summarize it real quick uh, for the guy for the people who haven't seen your show yet? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'll be clear. I don't know how much Robert Quinn's going to have an effect. He doesn't like to rush from anywhere else other than that right end defensively. That's right. Andrew Thomas. He is probably the only solidified piece on their offensive line, up and coming tackle. Doesn't mean Robert Quinn can beat the best of them. So it's not that it's a total non-factor. But uh, we'll, we'll see how effective he is. If there's somebody that you should be looking to eat, it's the left defensive ends that are going against Evan Neal, the right tackle. 
And really something that we kind of showed yesterday, Chris and I, as we were going over the tape, is this offensive line, as good as they are run blocking, and Bobby Johnson's got that the rules sorted out there, what they don't, at least on tape, have their rules sorted out at the moment with is passing pro uh, protection. When all of a sudden you have games or stunts on the defensive line where you know we're having one defensive lineman loop over and another one crashing here, they get all out of sorts because they don't have their rules and protection calls figured out. Yeah. And it allows free rushers into Daniel Jones, which leads exactly to what Aldo was saying when he's been sacked so much. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying every sack is not is, uh, is on the offensive line and Daniel Jones has nothing to do with it, but anybody that watched that game Monday night could tell that is not Daniel Jones's fault. He was running for his life because the offensive line couldn't block him. So something we talked about uh, yesterday is I'm hoping, I'm praying, I don't have much faith in it because this has just been something we've seen throughout three weeks, but I just beg and pray that Allen Williams, and in turn on offense to Luke Getzey, but we're talking defense now, if Allen Williams would just open up the, the vault a little and go ahead and blitz a little bit, show a few different games, you know, a few defensive linemen dropping and you're sending a, a second level defender on a fire zone, just a little bit of that to create pressure on an offensive line that has to prove that they are cohesive and they can sort out rules together, which at this point they haven't. So go ahead and put that to the test. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sorry, with you, Joe. Sorry, Sika, so, jump in as well. Uh, sorry, very rude I am. But also as well, I'd like to see is blitz a bit more to actually put a bit, you know, to put pressure on that offensive line and, you know, and to get to the quarterback because we don't really blitz all in, in our defense at all because it's not in the scheme. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it, you know, obviously not every player, but I think that that could make a difference in the game as well. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think Roquan's an excellent blitzer with his speed and ability to get around the edge. If you need that, maybe that can overwhelm that left tackle that, as Jordan said, is the biggest piece of their offensive line. So, so Jordan, do you think it's communication that the offensive line in New York is dealing with? Because I know here at Kentucky, like I said at the start of the show, I think I said it, maybe I said it offline, we're replacing three offensive linemen. So communication is a big thing that they're struggling with. Do you think like twisting defensive line and stuff like that would work, would be a good, a good if call for this defense? I mean, so let's kind of break it down and like, you know, the whole not to bring up Nagy, but the whole like this is offense 101 versus 202 versus 303. There's three different levels of what's going on with the Giants offensive line and especially who they're playing. Let's just look at the Monday game, give you one game sample size so it's easy to understand. One of which is absolutely you're saying twists, stunts. It's the rules of understanding how to pass off blocks as you have guys going in different ways. As you've said, some of that comes with continuity and cohesiveness. Well, they're plugging in a rookie right tackle. They just signed – I mean, they're not just signed, but in this offseason, it's John Feliciano at center, Ben Bredesen at left guard. I mean, these are guys that most people aren't even familiar with. And so you have to let those guys gel, just as we're saying, it's only 13, 14 games for this offensive uh, – for Justin Fields or three or four games for this offensive line. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for the Giants. As far as what 202 is – is you have to be fair and say they were playing the Dallas Cowboys defensive front, which includes maybe the second best defensive player in the league in Micah Parsons. And don't forget that Demarcus Lawrence is a terror on his own who just made yeah. life miserable for Evan Dale. So you consider that. And then, of course, you talk about the fact that this talent of this offensive line also isn't good. So one-on-one is the cohesion. 
202 is the defenses that they're playing against the talent. And then three is that talent on their side. They Evan Neal could be great, but he's a rookie tackle. Panay Sewell struggled early last year in his rookie year playing a different position. And as I said, Andrew Thomas is fine, but you've got this makeshift group of guys on the interior. That's going to get beat a lot of the times when you're talking about how good defensive fronts and edges are in the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Um, we'll flip to the other side of the ball here and talk about our offensive line and our offense and how we can get our stuff going. Um, I haven't heard whether or not Lucas Patrick is supposed to be the center. Uh, I feel I, I know I heard he was taking snaps. Um, they have they probably won't announce it until game time because they don't want to give up any uh advantage to the defense but do you guys think lucas patrick makes that move inside the center today and and we can keep tevin at right guard and stop with this whole rotation thing or or do you guys still see it being a rotation at right guard and still moving lucas patrick along slowly um i I, i'll start with you chris and then we'll go to jordan on that one Sure. I mean, I, I really hope so, really. I really hope that, that Patrick does start centre and we can have Jenkins solidified his position at the right guard and then we can start building that cohesiveness, what we need on the line, especially with our pass blocking. I mean, I think Fields got sacked about five times last week. So, obviously, they've got to step up when it's pass blocking. But, yeah, I, I really hope that he is now. I mean, to say that he's played so much anyway, how bad can his thumb be or his hand still be? You know, you're still making a lot of contact with your hands, you know, when you're playing guard anyway. So, yeah, I really do hope so. And I think as well, his leadership as well would be really good as well, uh, you know, for the line calls. So, I hope so anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What do you think, Jordan? Do you think uh, Lucas gets plugged in there? And do you think it's a good idea, bad idea? I know you're a Tevin Jenkins guy. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think I saw your T-shirt that said, I heart. TJ, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. must have left yeah. that in the closet. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think if you had to ask me, I'm sure Tevin Jenkins probably had another bad Wednesday. Maybe he had a bad Thursday, and Lucas Patrick all of a sudden edged him out. Because, you know, in this league, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do on a Sunday. It only matters about how your Wednesday's looking. Yes, you got me on my fire seat because that is the most ridiculous. I don't even care if it's it the is. truth. It's out there. I have to judge that. So I'm not saying that practice doesn't matter. But sure, you want to tell me in a three-day period that you're judging Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that Tevin Jenkins has a bad Wednesday, pretty equitable to Patrick on Thursday and Friday, and then in the game there's a clear, distinct difference in the quality of play at your right guard position. I'm tired of it, but I also – and I'm you want the hyperbole. As much as I say people kind of come on and off about Montgomery and Herbert, I'm at the point now where – and I'm not I'm – not, this is hot take central, but I promise I'm not doing it just for the clout. I want Tevin Jenkins to go somewhere where he's wanted. And right now, I'm only saying that because if you were telling me that he had to sign a contract extension tomorrow with a new team, his rookie contract would be up. He's not staying in Chicago because of the, the bullshit that he's been put through. And so in my perspective, yes. Do I Who do I think should be right guard? Tevin Jenkins. Do I think that that's going to happen in this game? Absolutely not. I think Lucas Patrick is going to continue to swap with him. They're going to continue to just kind of give the shaft to Tevin Jenkins. And as far as, I mean, let me be clear, Even and this goes for Patrick too. If Mustafa or Patrick or your center today, do not be surprised when Dexter Lawrence eats them up and throws them to the side. Uh, that's the that's the reality of what you're facing. You want to play this wide zone scheme with all these athletic guys that kind of get out parallel pretty quick. That's fine up until you run into 
the Vita Veas and the Dexter Lawrences of the league. So I, I hope that Justin Fields can beat the blitz. I hope that he has time, but I think we've seen a little bit of a hole at center in the ways that they pass protect. And I don't think you're going to have any easy day against Dexter Lawrence today. Yeah. And uh, well, with Mustafa in, I've seen, I, I guess the whole season we've seen bobbled snaps. Is that on Justin or was that on Mustafa not getting there? I, I haven't, Every time they show the replay, it looks like it hits Justin in the hands and he just drops it. Is that a... So the rule there, and it's not... Let me be very clear. I don't live in absolutes. Nothing's always this or never this. But the general rule is that if the snap is going through the quarterback's legs, it's the center. The reason being quarterback's not set, they're not ready, ball gets snapped, it goes right through their legs. When there's contact with the quarterback and it's all of a sudden kind of bobbling on the ground, usually that's the quarterback not taking the snap correctly because if it was the center, it's going right through their legs. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes some sense. Um, I know uh, Fochizi has been over here with, he's got your back on the Jenkins thing. I was listening to 670 the score. So obviously take this with a grain of salt, but I can't remember if it was Dan Bernstein or if it was Mully, but they talked to Jenkins college coach and he said, Jenkins, he's a beast but he has to be motivated to get that beast out of him. Do you think that has anything to do with this rotation or is it? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like at a certain point, how much are you going to continue to poke the bear? Yes. Pun intended there, but there's a certain reality of, okay, you put the kid. So he came in and in uh, mini camp and he was starting and then he had some mysterious injury. Fine. Let's just say he really was injured. Wasn't feeling good. You put him in at second string, then he gets de-escalated down to third string. You're doing the whole piss him off tour, try to motivate him. He plays one game at right tackle, one game in the preseason. And you decide, now that guy can't play tackle. Hey, learn a fresh position at guard. Comes in, acquits himself incredibly well. And then in the season, they want to go, oh, hey, so by the way, we got this guy that he was going to be our center, but he's got the Q-tip on right now. And so what we figured we'd do is we go ahead and swap you and him out and get him some game reps. Mm. Okay, that's a – I mean, that's a little bit of a high school game, but fine. I get you want to get Patrick reps, get him up to game speed. Is Lucas Patrick ever going to be your right guard? I thought the answer was no. They were going to play him at center the whole time. That was the plan. If right. that is the plan, then what the hell are you doing putting your center at guard when he's never going to play guard this year? You are wasting good, valuable reps for Tevin and taking him out of sync. And this isn't even just about a Tevin and Patrick thing. You have to understand that when you're putting Lucas Patrick in or Tevin Jenkins, all of a sudden the duo and the ace blocks between the center and the guard and the guard and tackle change. How does Justin Fields all of a sudden start feeling about setting protection, knowing, wait, how does Jenkins block this up? How is my pocket going to look if I need to step up and escape? You are messing with the chemistry for the entire offense doing this. And I thought it had no reason to do it with Patrick only playing center. But even with Getsy and the way he's talking recently, it sounds like maybe there's an a little bit of a crack door for Patrick to be the full-time guard because they seem to like Mustafer so much. It's like I said, at this point, I know it sounds hyperbolic. I love Tevin Jenkins. I'd want nothing more for him to be a Chicago bear for his career. It was why I was more excited about his pick than the Justin Fields pick. I actually thought Justin Fields had a blindside protector because of that. And in this situation, you have put him, dragged him through the mud and put him through so much shit. I want him out of Chicago. I want him somewhere where he is welcomed, valued, allowed to start without all this high school nonsense of putting in a guy every other drive. It's 
I don't know. The this is just another example to me of a professional player that's been drafted by the Bears that is mismanaged. Whether that's James Daniels is one that comes recently to mind. You know, you have uh, I guess you could say Justin Fields so far looks mismanaged, especially in that year one where he's not allowed to take training camp reps. This is just another example of that, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Now, I like I like Jenkins at right guard. Honestly, I know I know you like him more at tackle, maybe, but I just feel like his main streak and his athletic ability for this offense is perfect for right guard. Sure, uh, the way he buries guys one on one, and he can be pulled and get and make it to the edge and hit that edge, which you got to have. Um, KB, you you were shaking your head when he brought up Mustafer, man. What uh, um, what are your thoughts on this before we move on? Because I don't want to take I, up the whole hour talking about offensive line. We got to move on at some. I point. mean, at this at this point, that's to me that's that's one of the, the main focuses, man. That to me that's bigger than than what your your wide receiver issues are or whatever else you got going on D line, whatever. Because the simple fact that the matter is, when Mustafer is on the field playing center, the five best players are not out there. That's just being completely fucking honest. There, there is no shade being thrown, but you see in pass protection, his man gets blown off the ball. He's not strong enough at the point of attack. He's been decent at run blocking, and I mean that's and that's that's fine. But if you sign Patrick to play center, then the man can snap the ball. He needs to be at center. You need to put Jenkins in that right guard. At this point, I don't give two fucks about where. Jenkins plays on the line as long as Jenkins is playing. He's probably the best lineman we have. And that's, that is just the truth. And it's like Jordan said, it's mismanagement for him not to be on the field. At first I thought it was more along the lines of, Oh, you know, we're just trying to, we're just trying to get Patrick some reps in because he he's been hurt. Okay. Then the swapping out thing can make a little bit of sense to me. But we're here now. The man has been snapping in practice. Move him to center. Leave him at center. Put Jenkins at right guard. Leave the damn line alone for as long as there are no issues or injuries or whatever the case may be. This line needs to jail. That man needs to, Justin Fields, needs to feel like he has protection that he can trust in front of him. Because it's clear that he doesn't feel like he doesn't have it. So you don't see him step up in the pocket to throw throws. So I... Like I said, the whole Mustafa thing, he's okay as a backup. He's okay as a spot starter. That's fine. You need to get whoever the hell your center is going to be and leave the right guard alone because we can't keep doing this. This is how we messed up Kyle Long's career. That's true. That's true. Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this uh, before we kind of move on? Uh, I'd, I'd say I just, I just want uh, Jenkins to, to, to – I don't know what's – I mean, it feels to me like they're playing politics with a guy – you know, like saying, oh, he had a bad Wednesday practice and, and that's yeah. why he probably ain't going to start. And I think that's, I mean, that must really piss you off as a player. And also as well, I think the main thing as well is there's no continuity on the line like KB said. And if you're just in fields and you don't know, you know, you're not too sure about how each guy's going to play or react, uh, then, uh, you know, that's a bad thing, man. You know, it's hard enough to play a quarterback as it is, let alone worry about, you know, who's playing right guard. And I just want to see a bit more consistency, really. But I think, like Jordan said, he's been terribly man-managed, absolutely terribly man-managed. And, you know, and also as well that, it's all in the public eye as well. So, you know, his confidence must be shot. And also, you, he must be thinking, why, why, why should I fucking bother? You know, why should I fucking bother? 
you know, see if he, he might be thinking, you know, can I get out of this and play for another club? But um, And it's a shame because I think he's been one of our best linemen all year when he's on the pitch. So, yeah, that's my thoughts about it, boys. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree. And and I feel like we're all in uh, in the same boat. We, we love Tevin at right guard. Um, I think in the perfect world, I love Braxton Jones at left tackle. Yes, he's had struggles, but he's a rookie. He's going to learn from those struggles. I guess Cody Whitehair, because of his contract, you keep him at left guard. Center's got to be Lucas Patrick. Right guard's Tevin Jenkins. And right tackle, I guess Larry Borum, but he's had some struggles this year as well. Um, is there any different combination that one of you guys might think would work better, or do you think that's the that should be the offensive line? Allow them to gel, and if you're moving in and out of center, you're got to worry about communication as well. Like we talked about earlier, the center sets everything up, and no one knows this offense more than EQ and Lucas Patrick. So if you got Lucas Patrick there at center, maybe he can point some things out to Justin that Justin might not see yet. You know what I'm saying? I, that's my perfect lineup. Do you guys have a different one, maybe a different right tackle that you'd like to see plugged in there or something? Jordan, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I was actually a big Borum fan. I think he struggled in pass pro this year. And I, some of this is we, we got to be fair to everybody. It's a new scheme. They're all trying to learn what the expectations are playing in this hits principle and every all these different expectations. To me, I think you got an answer of either you stick with I, – I think you really should stick with Borum all year. But as far as long term, it's either going to be Alex Leatherwood at right tackle, although I wouldn't be surprised if let's say they look at him and go, okay, you're best on your left side put him in at guard and you have these two maulers and Tevin Jenkins and Alex Leatherwood, and then go get yourself a right tackle, be it Tyler Conklin or excuse Tyler Conklin. That's these brother, Jack Conklin, uh, Cleveland Browns, right tackle. And then, uh, or go get yourself like a Northwestern tackle, Peter Skaronsky and put him at right tackle and see what you get there. But as far as Borum this year, I think it's his job to stay. The last thing I put there is because the other option is Riley Reed or Riley Reef. Reed, Riley Reef, uh, Riley Reef and, Riley Reef has got this contract where you need all of these different stipulations to get paid. It seems very much like they're like, hey, man, we don't want to put you in. I have to pay you that $13 million that could be with you playing significantly. So I think uh, Braxton's the guy. Or Braxton, Borum. I'm losing it tonight, guys. <laughs> what about you, KB? Is, <laughs> uh, do you like the O-line that I threw out there, or do you have a different idea? Uh, say, say this O-line again for me, man. Let me, let me hear it one more time. Just, just, so for, the, got, just for the – So you got from left to right, you got – Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair due to his contract. Honestly, I think he could be replaced next year. Um, Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin at right guard, and then Borum at right tackle. All right. Just, just need to hear it again, just for everybody, because this, this is the line I'm saying. Right now, I think the Cody Whitehair replacement is in the building. I think that that may more than likely be Alex Leatherwood next year. Like I said, Cody Whitehair is here, unless – I don't know. Somebody came calling and offered the Bears one of those ridiculous, uh, you know what I'm saying, ridiculous deals that my man on Django said, the, the Dr. King Schultz. Uh, I'm going to throw out a deal so preposterous, you just got to listen. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think next year, Leatherwood is going to be battling for uh, for an interior position. Uh, unless they, they feel like he has some type of change where he could play the tackle position. Uh, I, I felt like they kind of threw him into the fire in, in uh, Oakland or Vegas, however you want to put it. Uh, 
and he wasn't he wasn't ready for it yet. They they just kind of threw him to the wolves. Uh, if he, I feel like he might be a very good left guard. So right now, that's that should be what the line should be is what you're saying. Like I said, Lucas Patrick probably knows this offense better than anybody on the team right now. Mm-hmm. He can call make all the call outs. This man was doing it for Aaron Rodgers when he played and so on and so forth. When he played center, at least, yeah. Uh, I would definitely, definitely go with that line and stick with it for the rest of the year. Born needs to be the right tackle until you can find a better option. Mm-hmm. If he, he is like, it's like George said, bro, it's, it's his job to keep. Yeah, you, you just gotta you gotta play up the standard, man. That's all it is. If he plays up the standard, then we have we have a right tackle. I agree. We got to go through the growing pains with Braxton Jones this year. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But this team had the offensive line has to jail. And so that Chris, means the five people have to start. Right. Chris, do you have any more input or before we move on? Or? Uh, not, not much really, you know, after what you guys said. I mean, I think uh, the lineup what you said is the best lineup we've got at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, I agree with KB. I just want to see the same line so they can gel over the year. Uh, right. And then, and then, you know, think about changing it, you know, in the off-season next year. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's that's all I can add really to what, what you boys have said. Yeah, uh, I just have two or three more points. Number one, I love what you said, Jordan, about right tackle in the draft. I've seen him more as a left tackle, but either way, you bring him in and let them compete and fix that. The guy from Northwestern, um, and then number two, uh, we talked about KB. You talked about Tevin Jenkins with um, Kyle Long and. I know what I don't, I don't follow PFF grades a whole lot, but those guys grade the same. Um, I think it was like a 71.7. I don't know if that's good or bad. You take it with a grain of salt because it's PFF, but it's, that's the perfect comp for Tevin Jenkins, I think, is, is Kyle Long and continue moving forward with that. And then the third thing, I can't remember what I was going to say, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so, but 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 the biggest thing I think in this game is going to be the running game. Do you guys think Khalil Herbert will continue to ascend into that RB one status and maybe hold on to that spot? KB, you're raising your hand, so I'm going to hey, go to you first, brother. What's up, Eric? Listen, I I can't say this enough. I'm I am a Demo fan. That man is a phenomenal running back. The amount of people he makes miss on a regular is ungodly. I just want to state that. But I don't know what the hell you do if Khalil Herbert comes out and has another string of 100-yard games. Uh, Yes, it was against Houston, which is one of the big reasons why I wasn't making a huge fuss about everything that he did because Houston's run defense is poo dog water. Uh, you know, it's 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 the trash water at the bottom of the trash. That's that's Houston's run defense. Uh, you get them him to come out against a team like let's let's say the New York Giants because they did an absolute in my boy Chris Watts terms bang up job of stopping Derrick Henry. You feel me? Uh, if he can come out and he can have another string of like another good game, another hundred yard rushing performance, you get a, a one or two touchdown day. Then you got to start looking at something seriously. I mean, you have all the cap space in the world to get who you want to get and sign who you want to sign, but shit. <laughs> Herbert can make it really <laughs> difficult in the next couple games. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like Herbert as well, but I do love Montgomery. Uh, I like what MMA Tip One Two Three said here. Offer Monty a team-friendly deal and hope he signs. Remember, he's up for contract this year, and uh, he took he took a different approach than Roquan as far as getting his next contract. He showed up every day, worked his ass off, and we wouldn't expect anything less from Montgomery. And Jordan touched on his leadership earlier. I think him in the locker room goes a long – a lot further than than we see as fans. You know what I'm saying? I think even after Herbert had his big game, they talked to him, and he was like, this was all for 3-2. So, obviously, he respects him and, and, and loves everything he's learned from him about being a professional and, I guess, finding the right holes and all that all that stuff that happens off the field, you know, tape study and, and all that kind of stuff. I – I would love to see both these guys stay. And Getsy's from Green Bay, who they got two, a two-headed monster in the backfield as well. So I feel like we can keep Montgomery, and I don't think Montgomery's going to be the kind of guy like a Le'Veon Bell who's going to ask for the moon and the stars to stay in Chicago. I think he likes being in Chicago. I think he likes being a part of this organization. Um what do you think, uh, Chris? Do you, do you think that would be a smart idea to keep both these guys or move on from Montgomery? Or? No, that's exactly what I feel, uh, AC. I want to, you know, I want to keep both of them. I want to have a, a backfield like Cleveland does in the Green Bay Packers, where you got two great running backs and you know with slightly different styles as well. So uh, no, I'd, I'd love to keep both of them. And I think you're right about David Montgomery. I think sometimes it is a little bit more than just what you see in the pitch. You know, I think it, I think a lot of it is down to like how, how people have a locker room and because uh, you do need leaders on a team. So I yeah, mm. I'd love to have both of them and just have that two back. You know, punch, punch, punch. Uh, both keep both guys healthy, and uh, yeah, that, I think I'd love for that to happen for the birds. Yeah, I agree. Jordan, you got anything on this situation? Do you think? They move on from Montgomery. Do you think they keep him? Do you, what do you what do you think the ultimate outcome is on this? On this I sadly thing? think that they probably move on from him. This is just, I mean, and this isn't new. It's just this system, this belief, this philosophy is: you draft a running back in the later rounds every single year, and you see if you can pull, you know, a dime out of uh, out of a haystack. And the way that you have with Herbert, I also will say though that I don't think that there's an issue. It's a, certainly a good problem to have. Is probably the right way to put it. I hope Herbert goes off for 200 yards rushing in the next five games. Uh, one, it helps the Bears, which we all care about. But two, it drives Montgomery's price down. And it's not that I don't want him to get paid. I hope he makes as much money as he possibly can. But uh, the way I put this, and I, I'll be relatively quick about it, the, the most elite running backs in the league make about 12 to $15 million a year. Uh, that is usually guys that have home run hitting speed that can break away a 65-yard touchdown any given time. That is the one single weakness in David Montgomery's game. Because of that, I wouldn't even come close to touching 12 to 15 million. I've continued to say 10, 8 to 10 would be the ideal, and this is average annual value per year. With Herbert, if he can continue to show that he's the guy, mm-hmm. that brings David Montgomery in, and maybe you can pitch him, look, we'll pay you 6 to 8 every year at the high end, give him the 8 million. You get your leader, a really good running back. He is more of the bruiser, the A.J. Dillon in this equation, and then you have more athletic guy that can break it deep, has good speed, can be a returner, can hopefully catch the ball a little better. Dave Montgomery catches the ball fantastically. 
um, to be the Aaron Jones in this offense. And then you can still continue to plug away and see if maybe you can go get a guy in the draft and maybe he supplants Ebner or Evans on the practice squad and just see if you can continue to plug away at it. But uh, that's, again, my hopes. If I had to give you an honest guess, I don't think Montgomery's back. Yeah, and I, and it, it, it would suck to see Montgomery leave. Um, but I definitely think that this running game is just going to help Justin – continue to get better because it takes the pressure off of him uh runs down the clock helps you stay in games i mean sometimes you got to hit that deep ball but as we've seen in buffalo who to me is still the super bowl favorite but they're one of those teams that for whatever reason they can't run the ball even when they had Dabo there i thought Dabo was the problem but we're about to see him this sunday and he's running the ball i mean he's using the the pieces that he has so it's not all on Dabo. uh I just and you said six to eight. I can see eight to ten. I can definitely see all of that. And Montgomery's gonna have his agent deal with all that. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be like Roquan. We've seen polls be stubborn, and we saw it with Pace as well to a certain extent, where this is the number he's willing to go to, and the player's just gonna have to either meet him there or move on. And just like you said, Jordan, a lot of teams just go into the draft, they grab a guy late and Hope it works out. If it doesn't work out, then they move on again because once these running backs start getting a lot of mileage on the tires, for lack of a better word, they start injuries start piling up. I mean, these guys are in a car crash every play. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely not an easy position to do, and it's a it's a sad reality of the business of the NFL. But I'd love to see Montgomery and whatever they do, man. I just I would hate to lose his leadership to be completely I mean, I'll honest. Give you, I'll give you one just example. This is just me. I don't expect any of you all to agree, but a guy that I loved coming out of the draft, and I, it killed me because he was actually taken, and I believe what was the Chicago Bears spot when the Raiders had it when they got the Quill Mack trade done. Josh Jacobs is a guy that I've preferred over David Montgomery since forever, and there's a reason he went in the first round and David Montgomery went in the third that year. Josh Jacobs had his fifth-year option decline. If you're telling me right now I can get Josh Jacobs for the exact same price as Montgomery, I get it. They both have a lot of mileage. I would take Josh Jacobs every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And that's not a shot at David Montgomery. He's a fantastic running back. But to me, there's a certain point. This is what makes the Saquons and the backs that are taking the first round elite is they have to have home run hitting ability. And David Montgomery has not shown that. You can show me a clip from two or three years ago against the Texans who we just talked about, as as, as KB said, dog poo water or whatever he said. The reality <laughs> is, is that I'm watching a game where he had every opportunity last year in the first play of the game against the Rams, wide open scene, and still got caught. That is his Achilles heel, and that is what you're trying to get away from. If you're going to be paying any running back, you want a guy that can break it at any given time the way that Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor have. Yeah. Is there a guy in the draft, the, I don't know, second or third round that we might be able to, that you think we could grab this guy and he could – I was watching the Georgia game last night and their running back, which they barely made it out of Missouri with a dub, but uh, their running back, I think his name was McIntosh. I don't know what year he is or anything like that, but he was hitting holes fast. And those Georgia dudes, they, they, they're just, they just got dudes out there. Is there anybody – I know the Texas guy's big, but I've seen him in – I mean, I know it's way too early for mock drafts, but you know you boys crazy about him. I've already been reading him. Uh, the, the running back out of Texas, I've seen him in the first round. I don't see us grabbing one in the first round, but is there a dude later in the draft that you think 
okay, we can bring him in and, and he can kind of replace Monty. He can be a home run hitter. Or do you think Tristan Ebner's that that's already on the roster? I think Ebner's already kind of that guy, but I mean, and there's a few people in the chat saying Chase Brown out of Illinois is looking good. Yes. Uh, Trey Brenson from FSU has looked solid to me. I got to kind of highlight this one here. Uh, if you're talking about the guy that I probably have the biggest crush on in college football, it's Nick Singleton out of Penn state. Uh, anybody that's interested in running back play, he's not eligible this year. So it's going to be at least two years, but he is the exact example of what I'm talking about. Patient runner, strong through contact, but also has multiple clips of him just breaking off and putting the jets on and nobody can catch up. Uh, I'll be quick on Bajan Robinson, as you were talking about. Bajan Robinson is everybody's favorite name in the draft. He's Texas running back, built like uh, I mean, a, a big old horse. I love it. So uh, that is – and to be clear, I, the reason I'm a little soft on Monty is I love those running backs. Yeah. I've never – I've always seen it. Like I'd rather have a guy that can pass block, catch – pick up seven to eight reliably, even if he never breaks off for 70. That's my preference, and that's why I love Bajan Robinson. I would have no problem spending a top 15 pick on that guy. But even somebody like Bajan Robinson suffers from a little bit of the David Montgomery syndrome, where he's so big and good at everything. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have some huge track record of, of sitting there blitzing off and going for 70 to 80 yards on a sweep. It just isn't in his game. So uh, that's kind of the, the backs at the moment. Okay. Well, definitely great input, man. I'll be on. I'll be looking out for those guys. I don't see a ton of Big Ten football down here in the South, man. We we got <laughs> we got our eyes full in the SEC, but uh, I'll definitely try to look out for those dudes. Um, before we move on, my man Tooch has showed up. What's going on, Tooch? What's the good, brother? What's up? Bear down, everybody. That's What's right, happening? Barflies. It's the Barfly Tailgate Show. We got. Bears Giants got some thoughts on Bears Giants man uh Bears are 30th against the run they got to stop the run got to stop mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley uh but good news is Giants are 25th against the run so Bears should have success against the Giants especially with big Leonard Williams out that's gonna help yeah that's yeah, their big man in the middle up. I'm sure you mm -hmm. guys talked about that already uh both teams good against the pass you know allowing just over 200 yards a game passing uh, that doesn't bode well for either quarterback, uh, especially in what might be awful weather. We could be looking at Club Hydroplane Part 2, you know, <laughs> which the Bears had some success in that kind of weather. But yeah. uh, Giants are really banged up at wide receiver. Sterling <laughs> Shepard out for the season, arguably their best wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, but they still have some guys, although uh, Kenny Galladay has been invisible. They still have Darius Slayton. They got a dude who's been good for them named Richie James, who might surprise uh, yeah, stop Barkley. I, I actually like the Bears in this game. I got them at plus three and a half, like that number. Um, it's a, an over-under of 38 and a half, so I've got about 10% of the total points. I feel pretty good about that with that in my back pocket. But, I mean, this it, it, it all depends on the Bears and Justin Fields. In fact, uh, uh, it, this might come down to which team wins the, the turnover battle. The takeaways by the defense mm -hmm. will be key. One team has one more takeaway than the other. I think yeah. that team will win the win the game. I tell you, it might come down to a field goal at the end of the game, which is why I like the Bears plus three, three and a half, whatever you got. I think it's down to two and a half this morning. I uh, love the under in this game, but it's really dropped. I got it at 39. Should mm. be okay there at 38 and a half. With all the run plays, the clock should be running. Uh, like I said, defensive takeaways still could uh, uh, could could uh, cock that number up a little bit if you get you know uh, someone coughs it up on the goal line. 
but uh, Bears uh, with the low total, having those extra points are good. The thing is, is the final field goal might come down to uh, Michael Badgley, not Ryan Badgley, former Ooh. tailgate. Shout host. out, Badge. <laughs> shout out, shout out, uh, Ryan Badgley. But uh, Cairo Santos out for mysterious reasons. I don't know if they announced why he's out for personal family reasons or whatever it is, but you're bringing a guy in who hasn't kicked all season. Uh, mm. That could that could could be a bad sign, which is why uh, uh, it, it's a risky bet taking the Bears. But uh, this game, man, the Giants are beatable. They're not anything special. The thing that worries me, though, is the Bears' offensive line is going to have their hands full with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and mm-hmm. Aziz Ojolari, and those guys can really get after you. Oh, watch yeah. out for it. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a damn good player, man. And yeah. uh, Ojolari, already a pretty good player. So if the Bears' offensive line can stop those two guys, I like their chances. But Bears' offensive line is, uh, as we've seen throughout the season, a work in progress. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. With uh, with a lot of what you had to say there, the under, uh, I, I like the Bears to cover. Obviously, we'll get into that at the end of the seat, at the end of the, not the end of the season, the end of the show. But uh, <laughs> I was looking at the Giants' defense. A lot of guys that they got are guys that I had draft crushes on. Adoree Jackson at corner, he's been playing yep. well for them. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, who they got playing some middle linebacker for him, he's a guy that'll stick you. Uh, so that'll be something to watch yeah. out for. But a big thing, you, you talked about the rain, man. We got our defense plugging at the ball, hitting that peanut punch. We yeah. might be able to – that might be a chance to get some turnovers today. And Brisker's getting a lot of love from national media. Uh, he's the guy that Jordan was on early. Uh, definitely was well, shout-out to Jordan for giving us the heads up on that guy because – he is just – I think we'll be seeing a lot of number nine jerseys out in the stands really soon. I've already been on the lookout for one. Um, and and, and <laughs> I love the way he plays. Um, so definitely a, a, a – I'd kind of like to have one of those jerseys where it's like the McMahon fake out. Hey, there's a McMahon jersey. No, oh, it says Brisker. Right, right. <laughs> is that a Nick Foles jersey? <laughs> right, exactly. It's got Big Dick Nick on the back. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> elsewhere in the league, what are you looking at today, Tooch? Um, other like, than our game, yeah, I've got some some good plays. I think today, man, I'm all over the Cowboys. Like Cowboys first half, Cowboys second half. Um, Cooper Rush is a solid quarterback. He ain't Dak Prescott, but he he just wins games, man. I think right. he's three and zero or four and zero as a starter his last four. And the uh, the uh, the Washington team has been bad this season. Cowboys don't give up a lot of plays. They've got a really good pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence and then Micah Parsons, man. Yeah. I don't like Carson Wentz's chances today. In fact, I, I think I played uh, uh, the Cowboys over one and a half sacks as a prop, team team uh, defense prop. I think that's a pretty good bet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, like the, I, like, uh, I like the over in the Atlanta uh, Falcons and, and Cleveland Browns. If, if you've watched Atlanta – Offense is very creative. My man. favorite it's offense in the just, league. It's, I yeah, mean, they're, they're fun. Cordell to Patterson's average over six yards a carry. I know he's banged up today. They got another guy who can run the ball behind him, but you got Drake London. That guy's a tough cover for cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, of course, you got the unicorn tight end, Cal Pitts. But they need to get him involved. They'll find a way. Um, and then you have 
Cleveland on the other side. Both, both these quarterbacks, I think Brissett and Mariota, are kind of interchangeable. They're uh, they both the kind of game managers. They can make plays with their legs. They're uh, uh, completing passes at about a 66% rate. And uh, I think uh, the, the the Browns can really run the ball down the Falcons' throat today, man, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, I mean, that, that offensive line of Cleveland can impose its will on a weak Falcons defense. And I think the Falcons have put up some points. So I like the over in that game. Love the under in the Bears game today, although it's getting bet down. So I mean, if you didn't get it, grab it earlier. But uh, right. uh, yeah, the Bears could go three and one, man. I, I, I yeah. don't see. I don't see. I, and you know what? Uh, here's what here's what will happen. <laughs> Bears go three and one and the uh, the Bears fans will still hate Justin Fields all, all this coming <laughs> week. You know, that's a guarantee. We go three and one. They're still going to hate Justin Fields, whether he, you know, he's probably going to Daniel Jones and Justin Fields are going to whichever quarterback is going to run a lot. Both these quarterbacks are going to run. You know, they yeah. either one of them could be uh, second in rushing on their teams easily. You know, I think whichever quarter, quarterback uh, makes enough plays with their legs could be the game winner extending the drive, maybe get in for a uh, touchdown on the goal line. It's something certainly you have to watch out for with Daniel Jones. I don't know whether the Bears will probably spy on him. I don't know if they deem it an important enough factor, but I'll tell you, the kid can make some plays with his legs. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you got to put Quan on Quan. Saquon on Roquan <laughs> or, yeah. or vice versa. <laughs> I feel like you, you just got to lock that down and then try and make – just like they said the other uh, – or no, that was Kentucky. When Kentucky beat Florida, they said, "Hey, we made Anthony Richardson play quarterback," and then and that's how they beat him. <laughs> um, if you do that against Daniel Jones, with they might be calling KB to play some wide receiver for him. I don't know uh, because they because <laughs> they are hurting out there. So um, make Daniel Jones beat you. I think we got a good. We stand a good chance to win this ball game. And someone said earlier about Daniel Jones putting the ball on the ground. So that'll be something to watch out for. Yeah, too. he'll do that once in a while. You know, let me ask you guys a question. Kenny Galladay on the Giants, they signed him to a bunch of money. The Giants have offered to uh, pick up a lot of that contract with uh, uh, any trade situation. Uh, imagine the Bears could probably get him for pretty cheap from maybe a start in a new location. Played played ball at Northern Illinois down the road to DeKalb from Chicago. Would, uh, would any of you guys not want that if you – you know, any chance you don't think you can reclaim any former glory because the Bears don't have a lot of wide receiver either. Go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> I would rather uh, – I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch – I wouldn't touch Kenny Galladay with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't ask my enemy to touch Kenny Galladay with a 10-foot pole. That's about how, how down I feel on him. It's, it's fine. It's I'm happy he got paid. It's an awful contract. You'd be asking New York to take a huge chunk of it. If you don't, you're stuck paying that. Oh, and yeah. it's a guy that's – it's almost looking as bad as the Albert Hainsworth contract. There, It is such a bad deal, and he has shown any lack to produce. I understand it looked good in Detroit. We are a few years removed from that. I would rather you take a shot in other avenues. And, frankly, I have to be honest, I don't know what you're going to get. Draft. Draft yeah, wide receivers. That's, that's the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about this year, you know. I mean, yeah. if the Bears are three and one, and we're we're looking like we might think we might be able example. to make a little playoff run. Let me give you a great example. And and by the way, I'm sticking to what I'm saying. I don't think you're yeah. going to get much of anything by bringing in a guy this late and asking him to build chemistry with the offense and understand the playbook. A couple great examples. Tyler Johnson was a guy who was really high on was way yeah. hasn't even been playing in in Houston because he can't get Pep Hamilton's 
uh, playbook down and build the chemistry with Davis Mills. Think about that for Justin Fields. And then the last thing I'd say is, would you rather trade assets and take on a crappy contract for a player that hasn't produced in Kenny Galladay, or would you rather pay that same money or a little more for Odell Beckham? I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's a guy I liked who's who uh, we we could have picked up as a free agent. Uh, I think his name's Jawan Jennings on the 49ers. Would have liked to yes. have seen a guy like that. We could have gotten, you know, fairly good deal on. Could have done. We got Nikhil Harry coming back. I guess that's the poor man's Galladay or Jennings. We got Valus Jones coming back today. Valus Jones we got today. His first, his first one. I think some of those end around plays that we use for the EQ that could be yeah. something to watch out for. I'm I don't expect a lot forward. of passing though. Today. Well, I, I think I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna open up running as the Bears do. But I see a lot of screen passes and stuff like that. They want to get, they want to get Justin's confidence up. The best way to do that is to complete some damn passes. We saw it last week. The guys that he was throwing to, he hit them right in the hands and they drop it. The easiest way to do that is hit them with screens. And Bayless has got the speed to break it. We saw it in the, now it's preseason, but we saw it in the preseason on a punt return. I definitely could see him hitting some tunnel screens on that guy, and and hopefully he can break a little something, show us a little something. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my man KB is 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 coming up on a uh, on a deadline here with his with his fire department. So we're gonna get in here. We're gonna wrap, uh, and, and we'll go around the horn. I want your uh, score predictions, any bowl predictions you might have, offensive MVP and a defensive MVP, and we'll we'll close this thing out and let uh, let our guy Goon come on here and tell you about your fantasy lineup. Go ahead, KB. Tell me what's up. Bro. All right, man. Yeah. I don't think it can get any bolder than saying uh, I, I, I'm just going to go with Justin Fields for 400 yards. <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> We're going to get bold, okay? But no. Uh, that's just my bold prediction. Just being just being goofy. Just throwing that out there because I, I would love to see it happen. Uh, yeah. Offensive MVP, MVP today, I'm going to go with the obvious. I'd probably say Khalil Herbert be the offensive MVP today. Uh, defensive uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Brisker. I feel like Brisker's going to have a good day. Okay, good uh, shot. My, my score prediction, though, I'm going to give us 24, Giants 20. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a one of those really, really bad games in the first half where we're like, I was probably turning this shit off. But it then picks up in the second half. But I'm sticking to my bold prediction. Somehow, Justin Fields throws for 400 yards. Hey, that, hey, <laughs> hey, if it happens, man, you're going to come on here next week and you just going to – have a fucking crown on. you like, what up? <laughs> right. All right. But all right, fellas, let me go ahead and get out of here before my, my lieutenant chokes me. All right, KB. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. Love you, mate. Take care, mate. All right, Chris, C-Dub, across the pond, brother. Give me your uh, score prediction, bowl prediction, offensive, defensive, MVP, and any shout-outs you want to hit. Go ahead and hit them. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think my scoreline will be 17 to 14. I, th I, I think it could, uh, it could be quite a low-scoring game just due to the weather and due to the nature of both the teams could cancel each other out a little bit. Um, regarding the offensive um, MVP, I'll probably go again for Herbert because he played so well last week, and I think we are going to be relying on the run a lot. Defensively, I'm actually going to say Eddie Jackson. 
who has never really been my favourite there for a long time, just due to his lack of tackling. But I think he might get a few picks or, you know, create a few fumbles. Um, so they're, they're, my, they're my predictions. Uh, shout out is obviously to the boys. This is one of my favourite time of the week. This is chat base football with you boys and, and catch up with you all. That's the first one. Oh, but the second is everybody in the chat. You know, you keep you are the people that keep the the, the program going, really. Um, and also, yeah, just I think I think we can have this game. I think it. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I, I'm predicting the Bears win. All righty, that sounds good to me, brother. Go ahead, Tooch, if you want to hit yours. Yeah. All right. All the stuff I just said. <laughs> well, I'm wearing my Dave Wanstead, uh mid '90s polo to okay. uh, you know. Channel a Bears victory, and I'm going to say Bears 14, Giants 13. Oh, close one. Uh, offensive MVP, I'm going to say Justin Fields. Bowl prediction, Justin Fields, 100 yards rushing. Okay. Do you and, know what uh, that prop is as far as his rushing yards? Just I don't know what head? the prop is. I, I played Justin Fields under 146 yards passing, so mm -hmm. feel pretty good about that today. But... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, defensive uh, MVP is whoever's lined up opposite Evan Neal because that guy is awful. Do, yeah. do, do you mean that Justin Fields isn't going to throw for 400 yards? 140, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm on 100, under 146, Jordan. Darn it! No, I'm <laughs> but, uh, I, wh whoever's lined up opposite Evan Neal, I guess it'd be our left defensive end. I don't know who yeah, that is. It'll either that be Quinn? Gibson or Robinson. You guys are sniping my picks right now. <laughs> 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 hey, that's what happens when you have to go last, Jordan. I get hit with it every yeah. week, bro. <laughs> who, uh, who, is our, who is our left defensive end? Uh, I like Gibson's the starter. Gibson. Uh, it's Gibson Travis. or the it's Robinson. Okay, I'll Robinson's take... going to be my guy. Okay, Travis Gibson for me. All righty. Well, Jordan, Ooh, since yeah. you gave us a little bit of a preview there, if you want to – well, Tooch, did you have any shout-outs before we move on? Yes, yes, I, I, absolutely. I do want to thank uh, Aldo for all the hard work he's done on uh, intros for, you know, uh, not only weekend sports betting tips, but uh, the Mike North show, which was on right before this show. Or actually, you guys, you guys were kind of crossing over each other, I guess. Well, but, I, I hopped uh, yeah. on there for a spot with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Had a little spot with Mike, and then uh, – after this show, Fantasy Football Goon, which I'm hosting, is Joe Mandel is out today. So oh, it'll okay. be Adam Shaw and I right after the show. So if you want some fantasy football, here's some fantasy football talk, take your questions, all that stuff. Nice. It'll definitely be a day to be looking out for inactives because I've already, man, last week in my fantasy lineup, and I'm in a dynasty league and uh, I've got Julio Jones, and luckily he got signed. But, like, they called him out right before kickoff. He sat there in my lineup and gave me zero. I was so damn pissed because I hadn't checked it. It was a late kickoff and all that. Anyway, uh, so, uh, Jordan, brother, what's up, man? Give me a score prediction, bowl prediction, offensive, defensive, player of the, player of the week, and uh, hit your shout-outs, brother. What's up? I'll give a little bit of a cheap one, uh, and I'll, I'll actually give a legit one because I don't want to just piggyback off Tooch, but I was going to say I'll give Dom Robinson the guy as kind of the guy that's speedy. Uh, Evan Neal really struggled to speed along the edge last week, so I thought that may be an option, but I'll, I'll give a different one. Uh, let's start with the bold one. I think Kyler Gordon gets off the schneid this week and finds a way to snag a – That was my number two pick, Jordan. Just yeah, I just, FYI. They're going to run a lot. If they're going to pass, it's going to be a lot of RPO concepts, and yep. he's going to be in the slot, and I think – Maybe you get a bobbled pass and he picks it. So that's my bold one. I think he finds a way to get off the schneid and make something happen. 
the more legitimate one, uh, I guess you would say. So that's that's the the bold one, the more legitimate one on defense. I guess I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Brisker finds a way to force a fumble, uh, finds a way to punch it up. I think he's going to be playing pretty much a good amount in the box to try to fit the run here. Uh, offense, I'm going to go with, I guess you could say <laughs> Cole Komet. That guy, that's an awful <laughs> Awful choice, but uh, I hope and pray that he has somewhat of a decent day. If they're throwing the ball, I don't think it's going to be big, deep vertical routes. I think it's going to be relatively short, be considering the rain. And so I'd like to think that he gets some options and little slants and glances and out routes and things of that sort. Yeah, yeah, that's good Good picks, Jordan. Um, oh, I forgot to give you my score. I guess I have to do that. Nobody else uh, – Tooch gave a score. Mm-hmm. Uh I have the Bears winning 2018, 20 to 18. Okay. Um, I think that the reason you get that little bit of weird score is I, I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that MetLife is not an easy stadium to kick at, and now you don't have Mr. Reliable and Santos. So yep. even if they want to run the ball for 400 yards, I think that you start seeing one or two of those kicks being a missed PAT, and that's how you get your 20 points. Oh, okay. There might be a safety in there too. I'll, I kind of wanted to take like – 15 to 14 or yeah, I just, 16, 15 <laughs> or 11 to 10. Gonna be huge, but I have the Bears winning. So yeah, I mean, we might if there's an issue at kicker, we might see some two point conversion attempts too. I mean, yeah, uh, so that might be something to look at as well as yeah, great that, point that weird score. Um, for me, man, y'all let y'all ain't left me nothing. There ain't nobody to talk about. <laughs> it really is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with a Bears win. Uh, I think the final score, man, I really like that under pick too. So I'm trying to match my score up with that. I think uh, maybe it's Bears 17, um, Giants 13. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. Uh, bold prediction um, is we get a turnover on the Giants in the final as they're driving down the field to try and take the lead. Uh I'm not sure how it's created. I'm just going to say it's a turnover, and that would be awesome. Um, offensive MVP, I'd love to go with Herbert. He's obviously the home run guy. I mean, he's you know they're going to run the ball, and you know he's uh, they're going to lean on him a lot. So, I mean, Herbert's been taken by everybody, but I'm going to take him as well. I mean, screw it. Uh, <laughs> there's no rules to this. So, I think Herbert's the MVP <laughs> on offense. As far as defense, give me Roquan as the defensive MVP. Like I said earlier, I think they're going to try and match him with Saquon Barkley, and it's going to be his assignment to shut down their offense, for lack of a better words. And we might see him on a few blitzes. Maybe he gets a sack fumble or something like that because we know Danny Dimes likes to cough it up a little bit. Um, So give give me Roquan on defense. 16 tackles last week. Yeah, he showed up to play, mm. uh, and they'll be playing in the rain again. Um, shout outs, man! Shout out to you guys for coming on here, Jordan. I love your insight, man. I swear to God, I could throw to this dude about anything. I could throw to this dude about a D two corner slot guy, and he's got something to say about him. And I just love that about Jordan for sure. Chris Watts, man. I swear to God, if anybody <laughs> embodies embodies the Chicago Bears fandom. It's it's C Dub, man. The, the the way he comes on here and, and talks about, you know, back in the day we used to do this and that and <laughs> ties it in with what's going on now, which we're playing like a 80s style team. So it's kind of yeah. perfect this year, you know. Um, 
and and Tooch, man, coming on here telling us how to make a couple extra bucks, man. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, uh, you know you're my guy. I hit you up on Twitter and all that stuff all yep. throughout the, the week. I, I had Kentucky plus seven, just like you hey, said. Boom, we hit, we hit it, man. I was we hoping for the dub, but uh, I know. But, but I'll take the cover. I guess they say good they were teams keen on Rodriguez a little too much. Man, couldn't get him going, but uh, it's still. A, I mean, it's a good, it was a tough spot for Kentucky. Yeah. Like the effort, though, man. It's a they're the number eight team in the country for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we beat ourselves yesterday with the yeah. field goals and fumbles and just Will Will Levis, a uh, good prospect. And I'll tell you, man, a guy I really like is the Purdue cornerback. That kid is gutsy. Dude's name is Aiden O'Connell. O'Connell yeah. <laughs> man, watch out for this kid. He probably will be in the NFL. Uh, would yeah. be a nice pick. Well, I, he's only a sophomore, but I was watching that Missouri quarterback last night, and he was hitting some guys. I mean, he he's got a. A good look, a good arm on him. Maybe that's a guy in the yeah. future that we can look at. But uh yeah, for for sure, man. Thanks for coming on for sure. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Y'all kill it, dude. If if there's anything I got a question about, somebody in the chat's got the answer. I swear it, it don't matter what. Like someone's already talked about McCaffrey yeah. being out. <laughs> uh there was a lot of uh, uh, wait, a lot of comments uh, about Santos being Chris, out. Christian sure. McCaffrey's out today. Uh that's what someone said in here. I thought he was I, I thought he was. I, I thought he was playing today. I'll have to. That's yeah. big news for my next show. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. But yeah, yeah. I, we need to get some support in for uh, uh, weekend sports betting tips. A little more uh, barflies, you know, because uh, the more uh, views we have, uh, the better. And Sean, Sean Higgs, and Anthony Inglese have been doing a great job with the free picks and stuff. Uh, and you know, all those really polished up all the stuff. But yeah, yeah. We, I mean. I, it's tough for me on a Saturday because I'm a Kentucky season ticket holder, you know, yeah. so if they are at home, I'm out there tailgating. And if I'm not for at sure. home, I'm uh, like they kicked off watching the game. Yesterday, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, we're, we're usually start about 10 a.m. Central, 10, 15 yeah. Central, uh, sometimes earlier, sometimes nine because Anthony's on the East Coast and uh, Sean and I are in Central. Time. Yeah, maybe uh, get some. And I guess we could talk about this off air, but get some like um, statistics together, see how show how how good y'all have done with your picks, and, and yeah, push that out on the ballroom. Maybe we can get some more people to come in and uh, and check all that stuff out on the weekends to get you. Because Saturday, honestly, I think college football you make more money than you do in NFL. I don't know the stats behind that, but it seems like the overreactions in college football is way bigger than anything you see in on Sundays. You know, these are all professionals on Sundays where yeah. uh, you see games like yesterday, the plus seven for Ole Miss, and they hadn't played anybody. I don't even know where that plus seven came from. I jumped on it early, and I, I told you at the beginning of the week, watch this line because I thought it would drop for sure, but it, it went up actually. But uh, so so definitely shout out to shout out to your uh, your betting show. Uh, try to help us make a couple extra bucks. Stay tuned here on the Ballroom Network. Tooch is going to take over the Goon Show and tell you how to fix your fantasy lineup. Is Caffrey out? Is he going? What's going yeah. on? So you'll, you'll be, check all that stuff out. Chat room says he's out. Uh, I, I, I'm showing some uh, that he is uh, questionable still, but I'll have to mm. dig a little deeper right after we get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Well, usually about noon, all those – that's, yeah, that, that's a three o'clock game or four o'clock game, depending on which oh, time zone yeah. you're in. So that'll definitely be something to watch out for. Uh, maybe if you've got McCaffrey, stick him in your flex, and so you can you can move him with 
uh, multiple different positions. I, I just did that while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know a couple well, things, I man. I, 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 I don't have the record. I don't have the record for it like Goon does, but uh, but I know a couple things about fantasy. Um, and uh, anything that you guys, anything Chicago sports, you can find it right here on the ballroom, Crosstown Crosstalk, the South Burbs hit man as the baseball season comes trickling down. I don't think we have a Cubs show particularly for the Cubs, but uh, I'll be going to see the Cubs in Cincinnati tomorrow, so I'm fired up about that. Uh, oh, cool. might be a might be a prospect game, but I got my Christopher Morrell jersey that I'll be wearing out there, and maybe I'll get on the TV if anybody's watching it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess that's about it, man. I, I, I'll I, we'll hop back on here next week, and we'll talk about. You know, the Giants, what happened in this game, and, uh, man, who do we even play next week? I can't think off the top of my head. You guys oh, we got the Vikings. Oh, big They're coming back from that. London. Hopefully so, they're a little jet-lagged. Yeah, so yeah. if we can get the win, and who knows what happens in London, maybe yeah. we can. It's strange because usually there's a bye week after the London game, but, you know, uh, yeah, this year there's not, so it's good news for the Bears. Yeah, it's too bad that game's not in prime time though. We can get prime time Kirk. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, but I'll see y'all next week, brother. Bear down. All right, Bear down, everybody. Bear down.